Hello. <laughs> that was ridiculous, but we'll take it. Hello! Welcome back to the Game Time CT Soccer Podcast, just for kicks. I am the boys' soccer beat writer, Scott Erickson, and I am joined, as always, by the girls' soccer beat writer, Joe Morelli. Good morning, Scott. Well, nice to be back again for another week. It is nice to be back. I see you got your paper. You're all ready to go. Well, you know, some of us have to go old school, you know. (laughs) I actually still actually like looking at the newspaper physically. It is nice to have an actual paper in your hand once in a while, isn't it? It is. It is nice to have it once in a while. Uh, Listen, thanks to everyone who listened to the first podcast. We're going to be doing these every week, and we're super excited about them. The soccer programs around the state have been reaching out to us already. I think they like a little love, you know. I mean, I understand why football gets so much attention and everything, but the soccer is really good around here, and I feel like they they think they don't get enough coverage, so they're really excited that that we're on this. Well, listen, football takes the majority of people's times and people's interests, and the numbers speak to that, Scott, but I think – there is a home for soccer. There is an interest level. It's not the same level as football, but it could be. And if we can provide them a place to come listen and, and for a half hour each Tuesday or, or whatever day of the week they listen to it, then uh, I'm glad for them. I'm glad for them, too. And, and honestly, going around the state just a little bit in the first couple of weeks, I've seen some really good soccer games. And I think we're going to see a lot more as the season progresses. We're only two weeks in. Right. Um, Let's talk about the boys' poll real quick. Uh, we just want to get through it. Nothing really changed. Right. Um, Farmington did become the number one team now after Based they beat Glastonbury. Right. But then, of course, they lost to E.O. Smith You know, two days later. Well, you're so. going to get a lot of these, those teams in CC. They knock each other around, just like the teams in the FCX. So you're not going to get a clear-cut favorite early. You, as, they, as we get to October, we'll have an idea who to, who to chase. That I think, But right now, I think it's too early. Teams are still getting the kinks out. And... With the weather the way it's been, it's very hard for people to get outdoors and practice, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, the results we've had so far. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, there's there's only 12 teams left that are unbeaten in Double L. Eight of those are from the SEC and the FCAC. Right. Um, and then, you know, some there's some ties in there, but it's really hard to go unbeaten in, in, in a soccer season, especially in those tough leagues like the CCC, SEC, FCAC. Especially when you can dominate a game and lose. Right, yeah. Absolutely. That's I mean, you can you can dominate a game and lose, and now you see that in the state tournament all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and one of those unbeaten teams in the SEC is Cheshire, who's only one and zero. They've only played one yeah, game. Exactly. So, so you know, we don't know much about them, but Xavier, Shelton, and Prep, uh, we we think they're all going to be pretty good teams this year. Well, Fairfield Prep, I believe, beat Boston College Mass. I believe was yeah. one of the teams they beat. Xavier, you could hang. They could hang their hat in a win against Hand. I mean, it was Xavier's Hand's first loss since the last game of the last regular season because they ran the table, won the SEC, won last L, and then they took out their frustrations on North Haven yesterday, beating them 8-1. to one. So that's a good win for Xavier. They were SEC champ. I can't remember how many years ago. I'm thinking four or five. We'll see if they can be among the challengers, like you said, Guilford and Hand and, and Cheshire and, and Shelton. And Shelton and Hand, actually, I'm sure one of your games we'll talk about is, is a big game on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, Shelton and Hand. Uh, and Shelton moved into the, the poll. They're down number four. They weren't ranked. Right. Um, Hall, Xavier, Barlow, and Trumbull all also jumped into the double L poll. 
the class MS pretty much stayed the same, uh, you know, with Lewis Mills and Ellington in the top of that. Uh, we're not again. We're not going to spend too much time in the poll every well, week, but it's fun. We're to still run looking through. for a girls' poll. I'm assuming there isn't one out there. I'm, I like to think that I would have found one if there was one, or somebody listening would have recommended one. But there has not been. So if there is one, and it's a certain part of the state that not getting filtered out, please get it to game times g game times ct at gmail dot com. Is that that is correct? So. Yeah, send it local sports at nhregister.com. Tweet at us. I mean, there's a million ways to get it to us. I have a hard time believing there's a poll that we just can't find, though. You know, like I said, there used to be one. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it. And maybe they stopped wanting to run it. I don't know. It's fun, interesting because the Connecticut Girls Soccer Coaches Association, Coaches Association has their own website. They have right. their own. It's different. I mean, they're kind of almost like they're on their own little island, and yet there's no poll. But yeah. Anyway. It's strange. Uh, so of the unbeaten teams left uh, from the FCAC, it's Danbury, Darien, Trumbull, Staples, and West Hill. West Hill beat Norwalk last night. Uh, that's a big win for them. Uh, and then the other teams outside the area, Newington, Naugatuck, and Hall, are the only teams up in double L that still haven't lost. Um, in Class L, Barlow and Weston, who we're going to talk about a little bit later because I'm going to go see them on Thursday. They're both unbeaten, and they play each other Thursday. So, like, these teams are all going to play each other, too. Right. So – the unbeaten teams will whittle down. If we have one unbeaten team, that's a little surprising. If we have more than that, I, I'd really be surprised by the by the time it all shuffles. Well, you out. might have your share of unbeaten teams, but with several ties too. Sure, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, zero zero one one ties are very prevalent, so yeah, wouldn't be a surprise either. Um, let's talk about some games we saw. What, what what games did you see this week on the uh, on the girls' side? That well, the only one I covered was uh, the rematch of last year's Shoreline final, Old Lyme and North Brantford. And North Brantford beat Old Lyme. Uh, one to nothing on a goal in the second half. Um, Old Lyme had the better to play. There's no question about it. I don't know if they're still the better team. It's still early. I mean, it was their second game. It was North Brantford's third game. Mm-hmm. And Ali Auger, preseason All-American, going to Boston College, had seven saves. Um, the interesting thing about North Brantford, they've now beaten them two times in a row. Old Lyme's last loss, other than the North Brantford, was I believe in the 2016 state finals That's class crazy. S, their last loss in the Shoreline Conference regular season, other than North Brantford, was Valley Regional in October of 2014. So they have dominated that league. Yeah, um, and I, it's why it's it to me it's really early to have that game. Yeah, but I mean both teams have beat up their non-conference. I mean. Old Lyme, it's got hand on its schedule. There, it was a season opener. They're being played next Monday, um, and again, that's the only one game that I saw. Yeah, um, I saw. I went and watched Shelton last night a little bit against Brantford just yeah. to watch, and then they have a good defense. And again, they're going to be one of the better teams in the SEC. Yeah. So as defenses, you have to have a building foundation from defense. And that's pretty important. But I, I don't think anything I saw was a, had the uh, big draw or lead into the uh, one versus two matchup, right? Yeah, last week I saw Farmington Glastonbury, and what an awesome atmosphere for soccer, first of all. Now, you have I mean, never been up there. Right? I've never I been to Farmington. Either. I've been to Glastonbury for a state game, uh, but I've never seen this rivalry in person. Did it take, well, how long did it take you to get there? Did you uh, be able to get there at a reasonable time? Yes. From New Haven, it took me about 50 minutes. It wasn't terrible. They played at the Farmington Sports Arena, not at um, right, uh, not, not at the normal speed. park that they play. Uh, but right. that that field was nice. A really mm-hmm. beautiful soccer complex they had there. About ten fields. A lot of people. There, there a lot of people there, or not really. Joe, there were fans at a soccer game. 
Student sections. Well, student sections. When you say fans, are we talking? No, not a football crowd. Football and I mean, are we but talking I would about say, family and friends. Are we talking like hundreds of people? I would say Farmington had a student section of about fifty kids. Okay. Uh, and Glastonbury's was about that, uh, about half about half of that, maybe a little less, maybe twenty kids. But for a soccer crowd, that's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. And they were cheering. They were doing chants. They were engaged in the game. Uh, and that was really awesome to see. And then once the game started, the level of soccer is excellent. Yes. Farmington is legit. Well, Steve Orr has been coached a long time. Yeah. And, and they got they got kids. I mean, Glastonbury's got kids. and Both of them. Yeah. Had, well, I think Glastonbury was ranked in the USA Today preseason. And they won't be now. But right. that's th- these are two legitimate programs. Yeah. I mean, they both can win state championships easily. Absolutely. And they, have, and they both can finish number one. It's it's not as dominant as where the FCAC dominates more in girls. It's not as dominant in boys. You got no. those two teams can play with anybody. No, no question about they it. They can play with anybody, and they they're, they might even be better now. Yeah. There's a long way to go, but Farmington feels like a more polished product right now. I think because they have so many seniors. Mm-hmm. They have Brennan Hughes in the back. They have his brother Nate up front. They have Shay Sharma. They have Nico Machado. These kids were ready to go. You know, Glastonbury seemed like they had some things to figure out, but it's, it was the second game of the season, so there's plenty of time for a team to do that. You, know, you forget when they're high school, you're like, oh, they're Glastonbury. But right. if they graduate kids, new kids have to come in and fill those holes up. And, you know, you're going to see that with some other teams this year too, but so you, you can't beat a good feeder system. You it's can't beat that, a good feeder system, no. I mean, it's just that simple. And that's you have to have that to have any kind of success. And when you've got teams in other sports, you're dropping freshman JV programs because of low numbers, that that's very telling, and that makes it very hard for the varsity to have the kind of success that all these programs do. And I'm sure numbers aren't an issue at Glastonbury Farmington Boys Soccer. I wouldn't think. No. Yeah, I wouldn't. Th- I would think there were a lot of kids there, and probably a lot of the youth groups there are probably going to watch, and that and that kind of breeds everything. And that's yeah. how it all goes. Yeah, there were youth soccer players around the field I'm coming sure. over from their practice. Yeah, uh, sure. Glastonbury had a—I don't know if they had some of their JV kids there because it was a night game, but their team looked bigger than some like Class S football teams. <laughs> I mean, they, I was looking at—I said, "Why is there like 25 kids warming up for this game?" But when you have the numbers, you might as well have them out there and experience that. Even if you're not playing, just to be on the sidelines for that game is is pretty special, I think. Right. Uh, the other game I saw was last night: uh, Danbury against Richfield. Richfield's one of those teams like we're talking about where. They have high expectations. They've been to state finals. But he's replacing almost his entire starting lineup. So the kids that are on the field now almost have no varsity experience other than maybe getting in the game here and there. So while everyone looks at them as Ridgefield and his team to beat, he's still trying to figure it out. You know, uh, Phil Bergen's trying to figure out what he's got and what they can do, and they're learning on the fly. Danbury, on the other hand, looked really, really good to me, uh, especially this player, this defensive player they have, uh, Tyler Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, he's right up there with, with Brennan Hughes as one of the top defenders I've seen in, in recent memory. And, you know, we said we wanted to talk more about defense on the show. Mm-hmm. Soccer's a very defensive game. These two kids have really stood out to me. And if they're not, you know, all-state caliber, I don't know who else is because they're both really exceptional defenders. And, again, you have to kind of beat the game to see what they're doing and stand out. Because when you right. get a box score sent to you. Yeah, you, you, you can't judge. Right, it would be the kid who scored. And the kid who scored for Danbury is a senior, Malaman Jallo, one of the fastest, most creative forwards I've seen in a while, too. So Danbury's going to be a really, really dangerous team this year. Now, they have to go through their whole FCX schedule, of course, but I really like Danbury this year, and I really like Farmington. So I'm glad that I've seen these two teams early on. Well, I know it was a couple years ago. I'm, only, I'm bringing this up. I think you know where I'm 
don't know if you know thing I'm going with this. What's that? Do they? Or how many kids are left from that team that went to the that didn't get to go to the finals? Are any of those kids left, or are they all new? Kids? Yeah, so that was two years ago, right? Uh, yes. The team. So uh, Tyler Warren, I think, was a freshman on that team. He's a junior now. Did he play a lot? I can't. Remember. Uh, he was on the team and he played. I don't know if he started, but he was a player. Um, so yeah, the seniors now on that team were sophomores. were sophomores. So some of them may have been playing. I, I'd have to look into exactly who was seeing time. I mean, I, I know we're going off topic, but since it was such a big deal. And for those who don't know, it was because of the use of an eligible player due to grades. Danbury had a forfeit its semifinal win in the Double L State Tournament against Shelton. Shelton went to the finals and lost to Farmington. Um, in fact, Farmington outclassed him that day. Um, but it was I, a crazy I, story because Danbury was in the final. They'd already won. They the were game in the final, and they went by the old CIC went by the rule that's in the book, and somebody knew the rule about grades, and they did it electronically. And I'm just curious. Being from the FCI, and I, everybody kind of forgets we went on and covered Shell. And how did Danbury take that? I know it was not. I I, I just wonder how long it kind of if it still bothers them or did. It I don't it, think it still it. bothers them. I think they moved on. You know, last year they made another run. Um, at the time, I think it bothered them greatly. I mean, I think on the field they earned the shot to to go there. Yes. Um, I think it was not unjust, but they kind of saw it as being unjust because it was. You know, a technicality they felt like, you know, that, that the thing got screwed up. and Well, somebody obviously knew the rule because so, they knew where it was in the book. and they knew Right. And, and so, I don't know. I mean, obviously they were upset. They thought they should have been playing for a state championship. Um, they don't talk about it anymore. Okay. They, they don't bring it up. I think the kids that are there now are just focused on winning right. and, and going out and playing. And mm-hmm. they have a quality side. Now, in the back of their heads, right. I'm sure it's still there that they probably feel like they got robbed. That, that you know that they lost something that they deserved the kids you know what I mean like how far did they I'm sorry Rob how far did they go last year I don't I think they made the quarters I'd have to double check okay, but I okay. think they made the quarters. it, it wasn't as deep then okay. no not quite as deep but but they're a good side they're they, a really good side and and they were they rebuilding can, a little last year okay. and those kids are all pretty much back this year so okay. I really like them I really like Tyler Warren on defense okay. um so I was impressed with both of those games uh, that I saw, and I'll talk about some games that we're going to see this week. But okay. uh, uh, who were some of the better performances on the girls' side that, that you saw in the last week or well, that you heard about? Well, Alessandra Frock, well, one of our preseason top 25 from Game Time CT from Mercy, uh, posted one nothing shutout along with a good team events for Mercy against Guilford. Mercy has posted shutouts in its last three games. There's a potential contender, I believe, in Class L. Mercy was a state semifinalist a few years ago. In fact, the coach said to me as much. He said basically he feels it's the SEC is theirs to win if they stay healthy, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big statement. You basically put a lot of pressure on your kids by saying that. Sure, um, yeah. Marcus Harley, but he's not been afraid to say <laughs> stuff, and, and it's not like I put put him in that spot. He kind of offered that up, so he thinks they can win it, and you know, it's I guess it's possible. I mean, Guilford to me is always a benchmark. Hand and Guilford are always the benchmarks in the league. Uh, you, you judge yourself against them because they've always been the best teams, right, for the most part. Um, Madison Fletcher from Milltown had a hat trick. Christina Miller from Plainville, five goals and 8-3 win over Bristol Eastern. I mentioned Allie Auger uh, already, uh, the shutout against Old Lyme. Uh, Marley Lundergren had a hat trick for St. Joe's. Uh, you, there's a lot of great players on that team, but there's another one in a 7-0 win over Trinity Catholic. Um, Claudia Benz, girl you're very familiar with from West Hill, had a hat trick uh, against Bridgeport Central. Olivia Mullings from Newington. Her own hat trick against Rocky Hill and Richfield's defense, as of this taping, has yet to allow a goal. Wow. Defending Double L state champions, 
I mean, I'm, their, de- their schedule will get tougher, as the FCAC does. They will give up a couple of goals, but their defense is pretty good. And obviously, it seems like they're, they're prepared, at least, to try and make a title defense in uh, Class Double L. But as we said last week, uh, it's loaded in that with all the FCAC and, and Glastonbury. So, so we'll see what happens. But Richfield, I think, is a team that people are going to be watching and Seeing if if you don't give up any goals, you're gonna you can't lose. Well, so you you fall behind one one two nothing against them. You're, you're you'd be like they're yeah. just gonna they're just gonna hunker down and that's it. So, and their boys team coincidentally has given up eleven goals in the last two games, which is kind of insane. They gave up. I, six I would think to, that's that's a lot to Trumbull for anybody <laughs> and five the Danbury. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, but that leads me into the boys performers, uh, Jason Weinstein, who we're, we're going to talk about this kid a lot. Uh, but he scored five goals himself in their 6-2 win over Ridgefield last week. Right. That's incredible. Uh, that gave him 39 career goals, which broke the school record of 34, which uh, this he was pretty very high. Uh, but for career goals, I mean, I guess you have to play, you know, maybe you don't play as a freshman and you get True. some time as okay. a sophomore and junior and senior. Mm-hmm. But, right, the kid from Wilcox Tech had 29 last season. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a different level. I understand that's a different that. level. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot. I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot, but – and Trumbull's a rich program, so there's no, been some good players are. that have yes, been there, too. Yes, there have. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris Aceves uh, from Wilcox Tech this week uh, scored two goals in their 2-1 win over Sacred Heart. Uh, Brennan Hughes, who I mentioned uh, from Farmington, had an assist and played top-notch defense in that win over Glastonbury. And then the last kid I want to mention is uh, Ben Goodacre from Barlow. He's a sophomore. He scored their lone goal in a one-over win over rival Massick. That was a really big win for them early in the season. Um and again, we're going to talk about Barlow and Weston when we get to the games uh, to go see. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I, I might as well just jump into that. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, uh, Weston and Barlow play Thursday. Uh, this is a rivalry game in the SWC. These teams have both started the, the season on fire. Barlow scored 19 goals in three games. Weston scored 17 goals in three games. These are border towns. This is a, a SWC rivalry. I, I'm going to go to this game on Thursday. I'm really excited to go. Uh, it will be my first time seeing a soccer game at Barlow now. So I'm You're getting around, aren't you? I'm getting around. I'm trying to get around. I'm trying to get around. So I'm excited to go up and see Barlow. I hope that some fans come out for Barlow Weston on a Thursday afternoon. Um, well, I think after a couple of days of either rain and, and because of the Yom Kippur holiday, I think you're going to see people wanting to get back out and see some soccer, so maybe you will. I hope so. Um, and then the SEC on Thursday night, Xavier and North Haven play. Uh, the, you know, North Haven's a little bit – I don't know if they're a surprise, but Xavier's playing really well early in the year, uh, and we thought they'd be good. Um, have you heard anything about the North Haven team this year? I mean, up your way? Well, they're the, they lost to uh, hand yesterday. Oh, they did lose. Uh. So <laughs> they're – let's put it this way. They have had – a rough patch recently. I think uh, Reed Chiefo is the coach. I think they're trying to build things there. They've had a couple of wins. They, they're building. Yeah. They're not there yet. They're they're still trying to build. Uh, I think for Xavier, they have to go in and try to take care of business. I mean, when you announce yourselves, and again, they're in the poll this week, and I'm reading the, uh, Xavier's tweet out how the first time uh, they're in the poll since 2013, so I'm assuming that was the year they had the team that won the SEC. They need to go take care of business. They need to go win that game. Yeah. Wherever it is. North Haven, again, is trying to find itself and, and build. But, again, North Haven surprised them like we've discussed. Anything is possible. You get one nothing lead, you just bring everybody back and it's basically play defense. It's anything's possible. So, But I would be surprised if Xavier lost. Yeah. Xavier's the favorite. Uh, yeah, on paper. Yep. Uh, up in the CCC on Friday night, uh, Farmington is at Hall. That's going to be a good one up there. Uh, you know, Farmington, like I said, they fell to E.O. Smith. E.O. Smith lost to Rocky Hill. These teams are going to beat each other up up there. 
but Farmington and Hall are both supposed to be very good this year. We know Farmington's good. Hall's supposed to be very good this year, too. Uh, then we get the old Saybrook-Morgan matchup Friday afternoon, these shoreline rivals. Um, yep, we talked about their history last week. Yeah. Right, and Morgan upset uh, number one seeded old Saybrook in the semis, so old Saybrook's going to be coming for a little revenge. Uh, yeah, it's, that is the best rivalry in the shoreline right now. And yeah. Based on what last year, I think it's pretty heat, and I think it should be a really hot, hotly contested contest. And Hotly it's a, contested. Yeah, three forty-five on a Friday, so you can go watch this before you go to a football game that is and, true. and go check out some good soccer. Uh, right in the shoreline. Uh, Saturday, we got three good games: uh, Watertown at Naugatuck first. Um, Naugatuck's ranked. Uh, Watertown feels like they're good enough to win the NVL too. So we'll see. You know, Naugatuck, I think, will be the big test for them uh, early on. Naugatuck's usually the big dog, and yeah. the NVL has been for years. And that's oh, you again one of those measuring stick games. You measure yourself against the best, and Naugatuck's been the best. So. Yep. Uh, and then Shelton at hand, we mentioned that briefly. Um, yep. Semifinals last year, SEC, hand blitzed them. I'm sure, again, some of those kids are gone, but some of those kids are back, and these are two of the better programs, two new coaches this year. So it will be very interesting to see. Uh, again, a measuring stick game, as I like to keep saying, but they are at this point. Because there's no clear-cut favorites right now in these two leagues. So, right. But boys or girls in the SEC. So you'll find out, maybe you find out who's got the leg up. And I think they both feel like they can win SEC yes. and contend for state titles yes. at, at their levels. They're, one's an L, one's in double L. But. Right. And then um, in the SWC on Saturday, New, New Milford and Newtown uh, at noon on Saturday. Uh, again, if you're not going to watch football, go out and watch some soccer on Saturday. And th- all those games are going to be uh, really exciting to watch, uh, hopefully exciting to watch. Uh, what do you got on the girls' side for games coming up this week? Well, just a handful because you just try to pick the best sometimes, yeah. and there wasn't a lot of great games at least that caught my eye. Right. Uh, Shelton at Guilford. And you say, well, why Guilford? Because they haven't won a game. But, again, this is a measuring stick game. Guilford hasn't won a game. They love to be able to win the game at home. I, I, I think one, support, one goal wins this game. I, I mean, it's one nothing or maybe scoreless tie. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, that's Thursday, 6 o'clock. Friday, 345, battle in the CCC. Sellington coming to Glastonbury. Sellington has not been scored by one of those defenses. It's off to a good start. Can and Glastonbury already has a tie with Farmington. You wonder how Sellington fares going into the, the Lions den. I mean, right. Glastonbury, again, is the team you measure yourself against. You'll hear me say that a lot, but it's the truth, and you find out how good you are. Yeah. You, if you go in there, you get a tie with Glastonbury, you play them close, you know you're going to be good. Right. And then um, and then you get back in the FCX Saturday at 4 o'clock, St. Joe's and Wilton. I mean, Wilton's had a, having a, a, a big week. I think they're playing Staples today or yeah. Wednesday or something along those lines and again St. Joe's defending champions going in there can you keep them under wraps can you keep them Maddie Freed and, and May, Jessica Mazel under wraps I think that's what you again you find out a lot about yourselves when you play against the best and that's why those games catch my eye because you wonder can these other programs I mean Wilton I mean has a history as, as you well know and, yeah and, but right now it's St. Joe's is the top dog and so is Richfield and can these other teams be right there in the end. I saw Wilton play West Hill this week. The girls, girls the girls, and uh, they should have won the game. They had multiple, multiple scoring opportunities. They, 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 uh, they tied zero zero. So, but they held the two big West Hill girls, uh, Kareen Dente and Claudia Benz, in check. So right. now that's only two players. St. Joe's has a few more weapons, but those two girls didn't really have a lot of scoring opportunities. Wilton did a really good job on them. Wilton was really frustrated to only walk out of there with a point. Uh, you know, th- where the girls were really upset about it. Um, that's become kind of a weird rivalry the last few seasons. We'll knock them out of PKs of the of the FCAC two years ago, beat them at home last year. So West Hill was happy to get a tie out of that. 
but you can see that Wilton's got some good players. Lindsey Groves is a, is a really good player for them. And defensively, they did some things um, that could work against St. Joe. Again, there's more people to have to deal with, but this is a great test for, for the Wilton girls early on. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. All right, so those are the games we want to check out this week. Those are the teams that we want to see. Uh, we want to hear from you guys, too, with this podcast. If you have anything you want us to talk about, if there's a game yep. that we're not thinking about in your region that you want us to come to, let us know. We'll gladly talk about it. We are excited that people are listening to this and care about soccer in this state, and Joe and I both care a lot about soccer in this state. So we will be back next week with Just for Kicks. For Joe, I'm Scott. We'll see you next time. Oh, <laughs>